couple of weeks ago, you might have heard me raving about an office toy that I've ordered that turns paper planes into powerful remote controlled aircraft like so many of the cooler gadgets on the internet at the moment it wasn't from a shop but from a crowdfunding website in this case us-based indiegogo kate drain is director of hardware outreach director of we're gonna get back to that because i don't know what that means for indiegogo (laughs) out from the us to talk about indiegogo and crowdfunding in general an event called the project down at aut hey welcome Hi, thank you. I feel like I've had too much coffee. <laughs> Am I talking too fast? I don't know. You sound great. You've just got off the plane, though, so you're sort of that laconic, laid-back, you know, San Francisco thing going on. Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, whatever, it's all good. I, I've got to say, though, I've got to say that I was very, very flattered, and I don't, don't know if you do this in every country you go to, you think, hmm, what are the national shoes of this country? To see that you were wearing New Zealand-designed all-birds woolen shoes. And they're my favourite shoes. My husband and I both wear them religiously. They're so comfortable. They feel like nothing on your feet. So I I read, and, you know, the big New Zealand thing is, oh, I wonder what the people from overseas think of us. I read that these all birds woolen shoes are like the go-to shoe for, for the tech crowd in San Francisco. Is that actually true? They definitely are. And um, also in New York, one of my friends was telling me that he went to New York to a design agency and he thought he was cool because he had his all birds on and everybody there had them on. They were so. literally one step ahead and those mm-hmm. steps were made wearing <laughs> Of course, if, if you want, here's, here's a tip for you. This is before, the, this is not even the interview. If you want to get the coolest kicks in New York. Do you know who you should uh, look up? No. Vaughn Davis. Not me. Oh. The other other Vaughn Davis. Turns out there's another Vaughn Davis in the world, spelt the same. He is a sneaker concierge. So, you know, you Google yourself to see if there's another one of you. And there was another one of me, just one, spelt that way. And he's a sneaker concierge. Uh, He's like six foot three, um, male model, uh, was a male model, was a quarterback, and now he's a sneaker concierge. Peas in a pod. Um, And for $2,000 a day, he'll drive you around and hook you up with with cool shoes, which you then buy. Really? Truly. Okay, well, uh, it seems out of my price range, but I do want to look it up. That's amazing. Go go and do it. Maybe I can start an Indiegogo campaign for it. Maybe maybe (laughs) you totally could. Hey, so that's what we're here to talk about. So you're from Indiegogo, which is one of the big crowdfunding sites. And I suspect, I suspect some people listening don't even know what crowdfunding is. Give us a 101. Definitely. So crowdfunding is essentially where you have a great idea. So for Indiegogo, we are the place where um, entrepreneurs bring their projects to life, bring their ideas to life. And what that means is, so like Vaughn was saying, the the dart airplane, uh, paper airplane that these entrepreneurs wanted to bring this to life and they didn't go through traditional retail channels before they made the product. They came to the internet. They had people make small contributions to add up to many millions of dollars for this project and now they're going to manufacture it and then Vaughn will get it in hopefully a few months, I would imagine. So the traditional route, you know, I want to make a remote controlled paper airplane. So I go, hmm, how much money is in my bank account? Mm -hmm. Not enough. (laughs) go perhaps to some friends, family and fools and say, please invest in my little company and I have my $50,000 in the bank, I make the thing and then I sell it. Crowdfunding, you sell it before it's there kind of, don't you? Exactly. And 
or it might be that you want to get you you don't have venture capital funding so for indiegogo we are designed and we are created in the first place because we believe that anybody who had a great idea and an audience that cared that those should be the things that help bring something to life not if you had rich, an access to like a rich uncle or a vc or the alone um it should really be based on your ability to tell a great story connect with an audience that cares and develop something great and uh, through that, there's been so many amazing success stories like what you're mentioning. For us, Flow Hive was an amazing success story out of Australia. It's and actually our most funded campaign of all time. Which is a, a special beehive, $12.8 million, right? People mm-hmm. people like this idea of a special beehive so much that they, they pledged, is that the word? They pledged $12.8 million. Of course, things in New Zealand, I don't know what it's like in the States, you need to have a license, you need to be qualified as a beekeeper before you're allowed, you know, you can get this beehive but you can't get bees interesting i know i know i had no idea yeah you just bear that in mind before you try and smuggle honey out of the country too we are very strict or or is it in no you can't smuggle next time you come don't smuggle honey and and i don't mean your husband don't don't (laughs) smuggle honey into the country because we we look very um we look very seriously it it was it seemed really serious like this is my first time to new zealand and coming in i definitely i felt that i was like okay i i had a like i had a protein bar in my purse i was (gasps) like no i i I have to i had to dispose guns are okay but um (laughs) guns and drugs they're fine but an apple you're um mm, you're for the high jump so some pretty odd and perhaps unpredictable things take off on crowdfunding in general and Indiegogo specifically. I vividly remember one on Kickstarter, which is sort of your um, your rival, I suppose. Um, a guy thought, "Oh, I'm going to make I'm going to make some uh, I'm going to make some potato salad." Except I don't have enough money to buy potatoes, eggs, and mayonnaise. I think that's all you put in chives, maybe mm-hmm. Ch- chives if you fancy. So he started this Kickstarter campaign, tongue in cheek, and people contributed $50,000 to him to make potato salad. That's insane. But it really is. It's about catalyzing your... So for him... Catalyzing. <laughs> catalyzing your audience where they have this opportunity to back something that they... Like, for them, maybe they thought it was a funny joke. They were like, oh, my God, this is... Like, I wonder... Or maybe they want that thing that he's offering. Maybe they really wanted that amazing potato salad. Or perhaps they really liked him. They really liked his story that he told. Or perhaps they really wanted to help an entrepreneur. People typically back campaigns because you're not... For crowdfunding campaigns like what we're describing which is called perk-based crowdfunding or reward-based crowdfunding Mm -hmm. you are backing something in exchange typically for a con or you are getting something in exchange for your contribution so in this case and that's because people always ask they're like well why would you just like give your money to somebody um and so people back it because one they want the thing that they're getting in exchange for a contribution two because they want to uh support the person who's running the campaign or three because they're passionate about what they're bringing to life And, and and let's be clear when i go on um you know go on the website and see kate has decided to do an automatic protein bar detector that's built into your hand like <laughs> well why that's not really there, are, there are crazier things you know a, a, a handbag that detect detects food and glows green or something i don't know and i say right they're going to be fifty dollars if she gets to make them mm-hmm. she needs fifty thousand dollars in order to start making them i pledge my fifty dollars you don't take my fifty dollars just yet do you kate 
Oh, it depends on, for Indiegogo, it depends on how the project, we have fixed or flexible funding, mm -hmm. which means fixed. And only if that person, only if I were to meet or exceed my goal, would I take home the money. And that's typically if somebody only had, like, they're like, I need this money in order to make it happen. So I need $50,000 to tool up and design. and Exactly. And, and, and in that model, if you don't get to 50000 my money never even gets to you. Exactly. And then there's a flexible model where any money you raise, you take home. So for me, I'm a small business owner. I'm a, how I got to Indiegogo in the first place. I have a, a small business called The Can Van. And it's a mobile beer canning service for craft breweries. So we roll around to Bay Area breweries and can their beer for them. And we had we don't have a rich uncle. We didn't have it's not a, like a VC fundable company. So we were able to raise four thousand dollars out of a ten thousand dollar goal. But for us, four thousand dollars was huge because we're a small business, and that was really helpful. And then we also got exposure through the platform where we had um, a innovation magazine write about us before we were operational. And then we got visibility or that gave us uh, visibility where a very large investor was able to see us also. And she's like, I only want to invest in boozy enterprises owned by women. And so she completed our funding that's, gap for that, us. That's an awesome Venn diagram to be sitting at the middle of. Right. And... <laughs> So boozy things always go well. Um, you know, we had a, a wine company here in Vivo um, raise $2 million. Uh, oh, wow. That was an equity raise, which is, That's which is and We'll talk about that later. Um, can, you pick, can you pick what's, what's going to go well and what's not going to go well? You know, it's funny. I, so I've been, I've, been, <coughs> I've been at Indiegogo for five and a half years, and I work directly with entrepreneurs. And there are times when I really think I know what's going to hit and what's not. And uh, things always take me by surprise. Like one, one that I, one of my favorite campaign that was on Indiegogo because it's so, it, it really is like a, a niche product or a niche audience. It was called Christopher Walken Rex. And it was a person wanted to create like a 10, actually it was like 20 foot high statue um, of a dinosaur of a T-Rex and then put Christopher Walken's face on it. And... He of hit his, did. Yeah, and he hit his goal, and in exchange, like, one of his perks that he was offering was to draw a picture of, of a dinosaur and then put your face on it, and um, that was definitely one of my favorite campaigns because that would be something that I would have never... That, that wouldn't have traditional funding. No one would traditionally fund that. But he was very happy, and the statue lived for at least three years. Well, it's funny. That re reminds me of a New Zealand crowdfunding story. And I don't know whether it was on Indiegogo or the other guys. And we were talking before you came in about the movie Thor, uh, directed by Kiwi Taika Waititi, who, you know, once you've seen Thor, see all his other movies. He did a great movie called Boy, but he did a crowdfunding campaign to support its U.S. cinematic release. Mm -hmm. And he promised everyone who would support over a certain level that he would hand draw a drawing for them because he's also, you know, pretty, pretty, good, pretty good doodler. And talk about uh, a double-edged sword. He, he came to hate the entire campaign because uh, he spent what felt like months drawing these pictures because it was so popular. But he'd promised. Uh, and that's something really, really keen to remember is that anything that you, for perks, what you offer, that you have to be able to fulfill them. Um, we've had, we've had similar stories where somebody offers to do a thank you note to everybody who, and then you have to write 2,000 thank you notes. That's quite a lot of thank you notes. Hey, I'm talking to Kate Drain from US crowdfunding site Indiegogo back soon. If
Vaughan Davis, hashtag Sunday Social Radio Live. Welcome back to Sunday Social. Welcome back, Kate Drain from Indiegogo. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Good. Well, not much has changed in uh, three and a half minutes, really, has it? So, <laughs> as, uh, I mean, you work in a crowdfunding company. I do not. Although, I, as we mentioned in the break, I'm on the board of a fantastic New Zealand one called Boosted, which is uh, arts-focused. But we both um, are into it, and we both back projects. What's what's the uh, what's the what's your favourite project that you've backed as a as a supporter on a um, on a crowdfunding site? I would say uh, that's a good question. Um, I've backed a lot. Uh, my husband can attest that. I, I have to. I think I need to get a a allowance for it. But um, I, my favorite is probably called Solar Roadways. It's a couple that is out of um, Idaho, and they want. They have this. That's, that's good. Being out of Idaho is a very good thing to be. <laughs> they have. I hear. They, they have. They had a vision of having this, uh, solar panels on every flat surface. And uh, one, I loved what their vision was, and I, I can loved see where, the, where their inspiration came from. Living in Idaho, there, there you go. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of, of opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the image on their campaign page is a moose walking over the the solar panels, which I really liked. Cool. And they offered a lot of really great perks. One of the great perks was that they would give you, and I got it, a necklace of the broken solar panels. Oh, so a and real piece of, of, yeah. of history, really. Exactly. Yeah, 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 that's cool. So I felt like they did a really great job where it was something that not everybody, not, like I won't be able to, like it's not like I'm getting a project or a product that I backed and I'm like waiting yeah, for it to come to life. you're not going to get a solar roadway. Right. But, but, but you make it happen, right? Yeah, exactly. But I'm helping to support this infrastructure coming to, to the world. That's really cool. My, my favorite has got to be, I'm a bit of a space geek, has got to be a an authentic reproduction of the Apollo 11 mission manual, which is a, basically a ring binder that looks like it came from the 60s. So they've you know, meticulously printed it and bound it and assembled it as if it were from the 60s with page by page by page of every minute of that mission that would have been sitting on the counter at Houston when that, it happened, which amazing. I think is just great. And, and the... This is one of those projects that would not have happened without a crowdfunding platform because they're not going to go to a publisher and say, hey, I've got this idea, we're going to do these things. They're going to cost $100 each, and who's going to print that many and stock them? Whereas with this model, you have complete confidence going in that uh, the things, you know, you've got the customers before you make the first book or solar panel, right? Yeah, and you can also gauge demand. You can validate the market. You can um, also, a lot of people see it as their go-to-market strategy, that it's a new go-to-market strategy instead of, again, like doing a whole, I'm going to retail, et cetera, that you get to build the buzz. You get to get people interested. You get to have, because when somebody backs a campaign for that entrepreneur, for that project owner, they get to have all of the information about that contributor. So they get to see, oh, Vaughn Davis, he's in New Zealand. Um, so they understand who their customers are before it, they've even made anything. Which exactly. Is, which, which is really, really cool. So for a, a, a backer or a, a customer, there are, there are real advantages and I guess confidence and safety in going through crowdfunding rather than just bot pre-ordering, particularly rather than pre-ordering something that doesn't exist, right? Straight from the manufacturer. Yes. <laughs> true. Well, I mean, the the, 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 the you know the, the risk in, in in crowdfunding, you're you're 
pledging some money and the money doesn't get sent until you know until the they've reached a certain total and the the project has a likelihood of succeeding as opposed to you know a big shiny website going oh yeah i'll pre-order one of those non-existent wiffadils and fingers crossed right and so what's nice because trust and safety is a huge concern for some for indiegogo for anybody on crowdfunding because we want to make sure that you one the crowdfunding industry is alive and and thriving Mm -hmm. and so some things that we do to ensure safety is um one there's the social capital of it where typically the first 30 percent of funding come from a uh, from a campaign owner's friends and family from their inner network and so so, the moment it goes live there's already money in the pot and it comes from people like your mom so like if you don't want you, you wouldn't necessarily have something like your mom would be like I believe in my son and I want his project to come to life Mm -hmm. and so there's some social credibility that goes in with that Uh, and then additionally just what the platform also does is that we have a robust trust and safety team that reviews our campaigns to look at them and to ensure that there is no funny business going on. Um, What does funny business look like? Is Is there anything that I can't sell on Indiegogo? There are a few things that can't go on Indiegogo. So one thing is anything that offers to one on a on a perk based campaign that offers like ownership of it you're like no you can't just offer ownership of something through the perks. Oh, you mean ownership of the company correct right okay, okay. um another is things like guns or and things that incite- you love guns you're american <laughs> no stop how can you not have guns <laughs> there's no guns on indiegogo wow um, that wouldn't be very popular <laughs> it's very popular really the not um, having of guns yeah Oh, I've been watching the wrong news programs. <laughs> um, and then three, uh, things that have to do with drugs or drug paraphernalia, that those aren't allowed on Indiegogo as well. Porno? Um, so Ooh, porno. Um, I'm like, porno um. is not, there are, like, there's like Indiegogo After Dark. Is so there? Like, so there's, is there actually? <laughs> back, so you can back my porno? And not porno, but like oh. there are... there are Back my erotic fiction. Uh, um, that and uh, adult... Adult products. Goodness gracious me! <laughs> I know, it's like, and I'm blushing. <laughs> I know, what, I know what I'm googling in the break. Um, so, so to, to change the subject, um, probably thankfully, <laughs> the advantage we talked about of doing something through Indiegogo is you're, you know, you're dealing through an intermediary, a portal. There's some, there's some trust and safety. Uh, I've got to say, I thought, I thought my worst ever crowdfunding experience uh was a thing called the lily drone but when i actually looked back because i paid them a lot of money uh it turns out it wasn't crowdfunding at all so this this was a you know all about it you're nodding so this was this amazing drone i was so bought into it i I spoke about it on the radio spoke about it on tv and i was sucked in like everyone else that you know you threw up into the air it automatically started flying followed you around and made you look awesome and then it didn't you know they're 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 currently grinding through the courts they've got all our money they've got uh how many well, they've got three, $34 million. They've got $34 million of our money because they went down the pre-order route as opposed to the crowdfunding one, right? And so what's nice about working with someone like a platform is that then you also have an advocate. So for us, when something like that happens, then we were, we reach out to the campaign owner and we're like, hey, um, hopefully, so for us, we have a huge suite of awesome eco par- ecosystem partners. So mm-hmm. we, have, we have a partnership with Aero Electronics to help them to connect with the different um, electronic 
components that they need. Uh, we also have shipping partners. We have retail partners. We have a whole experts directory where somebody can reach out, look and see our partners that we have. So hopefully when they when there is trouble, that uh, letting Indiegogo know that we can we can try to find the ways to tap them into our ecosystem partners, then that's one of the benefits of, of, a, of a platform is that there's a there's an additional party that is there to help help to and it doesn't always like at the end of the day what you're doing is backing an idea yep. and you're helping to bring an innovation to life and there's a lot of challenges that go along with it and, and the, the more people helping the better as opposed to just kate sitting in a garage trying to make her protein bar detecting um handbag exactly failing abysmally yeah i would <laughs> so the um i've said the most uh, uh, on, on the TV behind you, my mother's my mother's uh, house just appeared. I'm just saying. Really? I'm just saying. If she's listening, she knows why it why it appeared. Um, Indiegogo. So you you focus on the hardware side. So you're a director of hardware something something. Oh, that's that's my yeah that's my role. Yeah, um, but Indiegogo started out uh, sort of anything but, didn't it? it? Started out more sort of theatre and arts and hence indie, right? Is that where where the indie comes from? Like indie theatre, indie indie film. So how it started out when Indiegogo first launched in January of 2008, it, it, our MVP was in film, mm. and so the idea behind the name is Independent Go, where anybody who like to be able to um, to to support the independent spirit. Uh, but we started out just in film, but the idea was always to expand our focus where anybody could raise money for anything. And for us, we've had contributions. I think it's, um, crap, I, I need to remember how many, but... You um, said crap on the radio. That's oh, awesome. darn it. Darn which, which it. actually, you know, for an American person, that's that's quite easy. <laughs> uh, but we've had contributions from every country and territory, and... Uh, and we have we've had contra or we have campaigns from all across the world as well, and that's one of the benefits of, of the platform where anybody can start it. But we started out just in film. Now we've been having more of a we've had a lot of success in film, in creative, in and also in products coming to life. So if if I've got the the, the next mouse trap, that next great idea, and I'm and I'm I'm going, whoa, I'm going to get my money from Indiegogo. What are the what are the steps briefly that I need to go through between I've got the idea to I've got my hundred thousand dollars? Great. So um, it would they're really all great campaigns really can boil be boiled down to three same components. So the first is build an engaging pitch. So that is your video that typically is there's a crowdfunding video that you tell your story and connect with the audience that's typically three minutes or less. There's the perks that you're offering in exchange for a contribution and then there is the pitch text that helps to explain who you are, mm-hmm. who your team is, what you're setting out to accomplish. Um, second is connecting with an audience ca- that cares. So it's who who are who is your audience? So do I have to do that, or, do, or does Indiegogo do that for me? So for it would be the prep work would be for you because typically campaigns that um, that campaigns that reach fifty percent of their funding goal in the first forty eight hours raise an average forty seven percent more money than those that don't. And so what that means is that initially those first contributions in the first forty eight hours come from your network, yep. and then Indiegogo helps to amplify and to help to to bring more visibility to it. Uh, we have this our our platform is is powered by the GoGo Factor, which is a merit based algorithm that tracks the level of activity of a campaign. So it's like the more that so you're the doing, rich, the rich get richer. The, 
the, the, the popular get more popular. Exactly. That if you're putting in hard work and you're connecting with an audience that cares, those are the things that helped you to rise to the top. It's kind of like Google PageRank. Uh, and then, so first is build an engaging pitch. Second is connect with an audience that cares. And three is proactive communication. And so it's helping to tell your story. Maybe do you have a, maybe they know you and they, you might mention them on the air or maybe mm. they know, yeah, maybe they, they can um, do digital advertising. Um, maybe they host an event, uh, whatever that is. It's, it's as much as they can get their story out there and really treat it as it is a product launch or it is a company launch, then the better off that it's going to do. And before you know it, you've got a $55,000 potato salad. Kate drank from Indiegogo. <laughs> now you're speaking at uh, AUT if, uh, if you're in Auckland and can make it to that at a thing called uh, Project Connect. Correct. Um, and just Google that. Google mm-hmm. that. and find. Well, I'm going to be Google uh, Googling uh, Indiegogo after dark first. Uh, <laughs> and once I've Googled that, I'll Google uh, AUT Project Connect and buy some tickets. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. After the break, Mr. Julian Waters with the apps and gadgets of the week, and he has got the answer to that burning question you have. How can I keep my special photos on my phone and make sure no one else sees them? Back soon. Connecting you to the future of the internet. Internet. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social and a big Sunday Social welcome to a somewhat sunburnt Julian Waters. How are you, buddy? Good, thanks. How are you doing? Yes, sunburnt again. I want to reach over there and slap you on the the, the skin. Oh, yeah, bet that hurts. Oh, I can see a handprint where it went. Hey, um, have you ever backed anything on uh, Indiegogo or Kickstarter? Or indeed Boosted? Or Pledge Me? Yeah, I should confess that I haven't, but I should. You know, I think there's a lot of great ideas there. I, I'm kind of... Uh, you know, there's so much that doesn't succeed. And there's so much you can't know. That You mean the, su- the, su- the success rate on these on these platforms? Yeah, it runs about 50% on some of them, right? All, mm. all, all the great ideas that get listed and then don't happen. Yeah, I, I think part of the thing is, sometimes if someone's sort of doing something and they're looking for that last mile, it makes a lot of sense because you know it's going to happen and they're looking for a bit more support. If someone's got this, this amazing big idea to do something that seems impossible, um, I often think it is. <laughs> but but I, I think these platforms just oh. make possible amazing things that weren't possible Except you before. don't think they're possible. Hey, um, oh, one, one, don't have enough money to help them. Well, one thing, one thing that's coming back uh, or coming into, into the world without the benefit of crowdfunding is a bit of a 90s favourite. Was it 90s or early 2000s? The Nokia 3310. So anything but a smartphone. Yeah, I had one of those. Yeah, I remember that. They're, they're a bit smarter than they used to be now. The, well, the, 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 the reborn version is. And this was a bit disappointing. So, so Nokia's rela- relaunched the 3310, and I thought it was going to be just like the original, but it's actually got a bigger screen. Is there even colour on it? I think there's colour. I think there's colour. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't read the full spec list, but yes, the screen is a little bit fancier, but it's still um, yeah, at 100 bucks. It's still, what do you call, you call them a bit? A burner. A burn a phone, burner. yeah. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about burners in a minute. Um, it's about the only thing about House of Cards that we can talk about. But um, why would anyone want a dumb phone? When, you know, the, the I haven't even shown you this. You can't even ask me what it is because it's embargoed. But look, mm, oh, yeah. 
I'll tell you about that next week. I, I, I but uh, why would anyone yeah. want a dumb phone? <laughs> well, 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 I hope they're not for Christmas stockings because there's a lot of kids that would be very unhappy if they got that for Christmas. Okay, so who would um, want it? It, it, it? it does phoning, texting, it plays a very simple uh, video game called Snake, and that's about it. Um, drug dealers, I suppose. Drug dealers? Who else? Uh, extortionists. Mm, yeah. Secret agents. Um, Pe- people who get a bit overwhelmed by all the features. Mm-hmm. People who want lots of battery life because these things have got like, you know, several weeks of battery life. Well, it wouldn't be a bad backup, but that's that's frustrating as well because you'd say I'll get it as a backup, but then you have to buy another know, sim and, yeah. and and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe maybe it's just for burners. So a burner, a burner phone. If you've not heard the term and you don't watch House of Cards, and you know they may be pulling it from Netflix, who knows? Uh, is a phone that you buy with cash from some dodgy retailer on some dodgy back street, nowhere near your home, that you use in order to you know help commit a crime, and then you throw it in the bin. Or burn it. If you've watched uh, Jason Bourne, he buys the phone, buys maybe two of them, pops one in the pocket of the guy he wants to talk to and then calls it, you know. Uh, Casino Royality, the same thing, you know, you, you drop the phone in the person's pocket and then at a later time... It rings. It rings and they're like, oh, whose phone is that? It's not my phone. Uh, and then it can't be traced. Um, although I, I imagine with the marvellous technology that governments now possess, they probably could sort of figure it they pro- out. They probably could. Okay, well, the mm. Nokia 3310, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're a, a dodgy sort of person, that might just be the phone for you. This next gadget is kind of interesting. Uh, it's called Shell. Now, you've got, uh, you've got children. They're sitting outside. Um, you will probably vividly remember the time when you were at the, um, the scanning place. I don't even know what the scanning place is called. What's it called? The ultrasound place, oh, yeah. and you first got to hear the baby's heartbeat, but kind of like that, right? Remember that? Mm, I do. Well, maybe I'm thinking yeah. my dog's heartbeat when they go to the vet. It's one. It, it, I love my dog too. Don't get me wrong. Mm, you remember, I remember that? Yeah, I remember the little animation on the screen. It, it kind of looks. It looked like a. Uh, like a, a little bitty piece of fruit being like, squished like or a something. Tiny little heart. Mm. Um, so that experience of listening up. listening to that heartbeat is no longer limited to the uh, to the midwife or the ultrasound technician you can now buy a device for $69 US it's called shell as in you know put your shell to the ear and listen to the sound of the sea clips onto your iPhone and rub it across <laughs> a passing pregnant woman's belly and you can hear the heartbeat what do you think into it. It's amazing. Uh, well, I haven't knocked anybody up lately, so it's not r- terribly relevant. But yes, I could see how uh, useful that could... But just buy one anyway and then just say, excuse yeah, me. go around and say... Oh, then you've got that whole thing of, are you actually pregnant? Uh, which can be awkward. <laughs> but um, listening, you know, you can, just, you can listen to the baby's heartbeat. You can listen to the baby's heartbeat. But I'm wondering when the ultrasound's coming as well. Um, well, that's probably, uh, that's probably coming. Well, the thing with ultrasound is it's invasive, so mm. you, you're pushing you're pushing sound waves into the uh, into the woman and the baby. But uh, Shell is just a microphone and some smarts that uh, amplify the signal. The the thing that worries me, the one thing that worries me, is do we want to know lots of detail and do we want to be able to compare in real time, even before the baby is born? whether or not the baby is normal, above average, below average, developing as it should, or, or is that just something else to worry about? You could ask that question about many things, but I could totally... Is, is there anything more worrying than a pregnancy? You know, is my baby okay? GST. GST is quite worrying. Oh, God. Just don't even start on that. But, yes, um, the experience of, you know... Yeah, I could imagine people just wanting to constantly monitor their baby's heartbeat. And, I mean, I could imagine someone wanting to, to sellotape this to the 
belly and just listen to it constantly, you know, and if, if it moved out of place, they'd be running straight to the obstetrician. So that would be, yeah, not ideal. Maybe one guy asking another guy whether this is a, a good idea is probably the worst, uh, worst <laughs> yes, I, I, exactly. idea in the world. We need a, if, there's, if there's a pregnant woman um, wandering around uh, Eden Terrace, just knock on the door. Just knock on the door and security will let you write down and we can get your opinion. Or, uh, or tweet me at Vaughan Davis with your opinion on that. Hey, um, I said I loved my dog. Do you have a dog? No. Oh. Well, you could get a robot dog. You could get a robot dog. One, of the, There are two reasons people don't Sounds get... Sounds tidier. Well, there's, yeah, there's two reasons people don't get dogs. Firstly, if they're renting, and more and more people are renting, by which I mean renting houses, not renting dogs, um, a lot of landlords don't allow dogs. And secondly, it's a big commitment, right? A dog is not just for Christmas. So, you know, a lot of cleaning up. You've got to feed them a couple of times a day. You've got to walk them. What do you do when you go on holiday? All that malarkey. Sony... Sony, bless them, have solved the problem. And I'm, I'm, I want to see one. I want to touch one. I don't want to buy one. Uh, it's called the Sony Aibo, A-I-B-O. I think I pronounced it correctly. Well, it's a dog. It doesn't care. Um, it cost $1,700 US, and it's a robot dog that lives with you. I'm sure it's big in Japan. Well, it is big in Japan. Yes, mm. yes. The, the original pricing is in yen, so um, it's 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 intended for the domestic market. Again, a lot of apartment dwellers, right, mm. in Japan, but they like the idea of a cute dog. And this dog knows who's who, knows what you look like. It knows the sound of its master's voice. So it can pick you out in a crowd. Uh, it responds to pats and being called and all that sort of stuff. Yet it doesn't poop. It doesn't drop hair. Doesn't need to go for a walk. I think they're onto a winner at Sony. The, the part of this that, that I find interesting, you could sort of, the immediate argument is that, but it's not a living being, so it doesn't have that same sort of sense of, you know, with, with your uh, spike, isn't it? Spike, you know, you know, yes, spike. Um, Best dog in the world. You feel the, the, the very strong need to sort of nurture spike and, and everything else, and you wouldn't with a robot necessarily. Um, but what, as this sort of technology develops in, in both games and um, all sorts of you know, virtual reality ideas and everything else. W when do we reach the point where we don't know the difference? When, when you, you're not sure well, well, that your soon. robot is well, actually soon, not real? Soon. And, and already, um, already we're at the point of not knowing the dis difference, I reckon, when it comes to communicating with uh, artificially intelligent chatbots through text. You know, and a lot of us, mm. you know, we will, would uh, communicate with our real friends more on our phones and laptops than we will in real life, right? So, and, mm. and that conversation's real. And I am pretty confident that uh, there's, there's a bunch of chatbots out there that you would not know to talk to them that they were fake. Uh, and that's just, gonna, that's just one-way traffic. It's only going to get better. Yeah, exactly. They, they will get better. I, I can't say I've experienced a lot that would fool me, but it, it reminds me of, you know, back in the days of social media, they, you know, no one knows you're a dog on Twitter. Mm. Mm. Uh, but, of course, soon, yeah, no one's going to know that you're not, being at all on Twitter. Uh, That's right. It, it, you're just an algorithm. You just, uh, you know, and, and there's, mm. uh, have we spoken about this? There's, there's a couple of um, therapeutic chatbots, one called uh, Wobot and one, one called Replica with a K, and they are designed to interact with you and make your life better. Well, and they work. You know, they're mm. they've been shown in clinical trials to work. Well, one I do remember we talked about was, how a couple, like in a relationship, if you wanted to sort of chat somebody up, you could delegate that to a bot. Yes. So you could have these two, you basically have two people, whether they're in a relationship or friends or whatever, and we delegate our communication to, to bots. 
Uh, well, so this is the bots are talking to each other, well, so we don't have to be part the, of the equation. The, the fringe play Serrano de Bergerac, right? That was the whole idea. That was the whole idea. You know, this this guy who wasn't very good at talking to women got someone else to write his lines. So mm. this this could be efficient efficient for you. You could you could dialogue with. 10, 20, 200, 2,000 women on Tinder or whatever at a time until such time as you needed to step in physically. It's the future. Mm. It's the future of the future, and it's happening right here on Radio Live. I'm Vaughan Davis. This is Sunday Social. Back soon. Sunday Social. Welcome back to Sunday Social. There is a bazillion apps out there. Most of them are rubbish. Luckily, Julian and I have sifted through them and found the good ones. And I've got one. I've got one that should be on everyone's phone, whether you're an Android person or an iPhone person. Tonight of all nights, Guy Fawkes, are you going to do some crackers later on, Julian? I should no, no, yeah, get cheap and just want to watch the neighbours. But, yeah, should do. I, just, I, I, I watch the neighbours... Most nights. Oh shit! It's the fifth. Oh, excuse me. It's the fifth today. I thought it was the. Um, it's the. Fifth. I, I, I thought it was the fourth still. Well, oh, yes, rem- rem- remember, remember the fifth of November. Clearly, you did not. Yes, it's <laughs> Guy Fawkes, and um, uh, and and with Guy Fawkes, of course, comes you know upset pets and uh, and of course burnt people. So, should you strike or encounter a burnt person, you need this app on your phone. It is the first aid and emergency app by the New Zealand Red. Cross. Did you bother downloading it, Julian? Did you take my advice? I'm doing it right now. You're doing it right now. Um, there's a bunch of first aid apps out there, and I, I, I had a, a look at a, a range of them before um, before tonight because, you know, Guy Fawkes, what are you going to do? Um, this is really good. It's a, um, a combination of just step-by-step instructions, you know, for a wide range of things, including burns, of course. Um, glad wrap. Glad wrap. Very useful with the burns. It's better than anything that's going to stick to burns. That's you know, right. You don't want to that. Um, but it includes videos. So you probably won't watch the video what, right in the grips of an emergency, but you might watch it, you know, an idle moment on the couch when you want to upskill yourself. And little quizzes so you can test your knowledge and see uh, see how good a first aider you are. And, the, you know, the thing I like about it the most is in every emergency that it talks about, every condition it talks about, um, about two steps in, there's a big red button that says dial 111. So if it's serious, you, just, you don't need to leave the app, you just press the button. Very, very, very timely, actually. Uh, running an event recently, I was thinking about first aid and the first aid kit that I bought a few years ago in which everything's expired, and I was thinking about these sort of things. And it has, you know, they have a little paper booklet telling you how to do CPR and, and whatever. Yeah, it would be much better to have an app that you could search and that was more comprehensive. So, and there you go, you've, you've found it. It's, it's great. I've just downloaded it. I'm having a look at it. Yeah, it's very, very comprehensive. It's very cool. Mm. So, and of course, it's free. You know, be, it'd be a bit mean of them to charge you for that. So, before you head out, before we head out to Guy Fawkes tonight, uh, download from the Android or Apple App Store, the First Aid and Emergency app by New Zealand Red Cross. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Now, swimming. Swimming. Speaking of first aid, is it swimming season yet? Oh, absolutely. Where you are? Tell you, next gen in the city it is, yeah. Next oh, gen a, Auckland a, city. That's a beautiful It's a heated pool. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> now, the, now the, the, the thing with the thing... With but the it was thing, warm, too. And it was, a, you know, it was well, so warm outside, you want to jump in the pool to so cool down. So that thing, makes it swimming season. The thing with heated pools is generally, although there was that, there was that series of events in Invercargill, generally there's no poo in them. 
Um, sometimes there is. When there's a poo in the pool, they close the pool, right? Code brown, I think is the expression. You'd hope so. You'd yes. hope so. Um, when there's a poo in the beach or when there's a whole lot of poopy runoff into the beach, how do you find out about that? Well, the Auckland Council, bless them, my rate dollars in action, have come up with a website to tell you which beaches are poopy. That's handy, eh? I, you'd hope you'd find out in a more immediate way, but yes, I suppose it would be... Well, the, before you drive all that way to, you know, that, that true, beach that yes. you love. And, and, and find the sign on the... Yes, yeah, I'm the guessing there'll be a sign. Mm. Um, but this is called safeswim.org.nz. And no reason why they couldn't expand this beyond uh, Tamaki Makoto to other, you know, places with other, you know, that also have beaches. Uh, it tells you about uh, the water quality. So especially after rain, you know, the, the runoff uh, is not, not always uh, good for the beach. Uh, jellyfish, sharks... I don't know about sea lice, the ones that get into your get into your togs. They can be annoying. Have you struck those? Don't know. I haven't swum in the sea for a while. Oh, you you need to. So before you do, go to safeswim.org.nz and you'll see a map of Auckland with all the swimming beaches colour coded, little orange, red, green standard little traffic light thing. I have to say, I looked at it yesterday, and yesterday was quite a rainy day, and almost all the beaches were red, which was a bit depressing. So maybe maybe the thing to do is just never look at this website, <laughs> or you you won't go to the beach. Yeah, it's, it sounds brilliant. Yeah, I guess we need to be more informed in general about these sorts of things if you want to stay healthy and happy and, and well. Well, I've got to say, mind you, I grew up in Lower Hart, and the beach we uh, used to swim at, which was you know Petoni Beach, was about fifty metres from the outflow from the uh, from the freezing works. So we were swimming in blood. <laughs> That's why they, we, they they raised us strong in Lower Hart. We used to swim in blood. Swimming in blood sounds like a horror movie. Hey, so. Um, Raising, raising our eyes from the, from the poo and blood-filled waters of New Zealand for just a moment, um, you've got an ad that's not so much about the sea, uh, an app rather, that's not about the sea but more about the sky. Yeah, I love this one, Sky Guide um, from Fifth Star Labs. It was actually featured at one of the uh, Apple keynotes is, is where I saw it, but um, my, uh, my daughter actually had her birthday at the observatory a few years ago and sort of got into this, this whole uh, astronomy thing. Um, and when I saw this this app come up, I thought, this is just what you need. Because you can be interested in, in the sky and you sort of look up and you sort of think, oh, what's that? And some people know that that's a planet and that's a star or whatever. But most of us don't. No. Um, now, with this app, what what the, the, the key to the whole enterprise is that it makes it extremely simple to know what you're looking at. Because you point the phone upwards and it will you know, sort of... <laughs> which one's this augmented reality, virtual reality? Sort of augmented reality in that it shows the sky and it labels everything you see. You can also based search, on where you're pointing. Based on where you're pointing it, yes. So it's very easy if you're pointing it up in the air and you see something that you you know on the sky it matches with what's on the screen of your phone. It's in the same place. It's the same sort of you know size, relative dimensions to things around it, brightness, etc. So it's very easy to, to pick it out. You can also search for things and it will show you where they are. Um, a few, uh, I think a week ago, the, um, uh, what, what one thing I f thought was really neat was the International Space Station. Yep. It um, uh, actually... Which, it, which normally I see on Twitter, everyone says, hey, the space station's just gone over, and it was three minutes ago, and I missed it. But, you know, it's so, I, I didn't realise it was so clear and so oh, obvious. Oh, it's pretty. 
Yeah, it's brighter than a normal normal star. And you know, got to see it, I don't know, maybe it takes five minutes to zip right across the sky. So, But it's moving in a fair clip. And yeah, it's just amazing. And you see, it's like, wow, that's where all those space astronauts are living up there in space. It's so so the name of the mm. app is Sky Guide. It's $4.49, according to this. Uh, and that's for Apple. Not available for uh, Android. But for Android, have a, have a look at uh, Sky Map. Sky Map, um, not quite as pretty. But, uh, but quite good. Now, we promised people we were going to talk about the app that keeps your private photos private. It's called Nude. How does it work? Yeah, so it's, it, as I can gather from the description, it searches your phone and identifies any photos that you have taken that need to be kept private. And, it, and what does it do to them? It puts them in a storage, a separate, it stores them somewhere separate that's safe. Uh, and and what does safe mean? <laughs> well, password protected. Well, you'd hope so. It it's is. encrypted, and uh, and yeah. So yeah, this so. this is solving a real world problem because you know we're, we're sitting in a restaurant. We say, hey, have a look at a photo of my goats, and they're scrolling through the photo of the goats, and you say, stop scrolling, stop <laughs> scrolling. So the name of the app is Nude, and uh, oh, I think it's worth every penny. But it's it, it it's uh, it's it's what the internet was invented for really was keeping us safe from ourselves. I, I'd be curious to know what, I mean, there must be the starter out there, what percentage of people have photos on their phone that they sort of need to keep... Oh, I've got quiet. an answer to that. Uh, Scientific American published a study last year saying 50%, 51% of Americans have sent a private photo <laughs> of themselves via the internet. Hey, thank you so much, Kate Drain from Indiegogo. Julian Waters from Wool, he's from all over the place. Sarah O'Dwyer in the booth, fresh from the rock and roll lifestyle she leads. I'm Vaughan Davis. I'll see you next week. Nighty night.